0: Hello. Welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite tanking team in the Bay Area. On today's episode, the Sharks stink. Tristan Robbins gets called up and the San Jose Barracuda are officially eliminated from the playoffs. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. You're Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your host, JD Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Uh, You can subscribe or follow for free wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys click the notifications. That way you know when the latest episode is available. And we have a bunch to get into this weekend um, with the San Jose Hockey Weekend basically coming to an end here for their season uh, with the Barracuda officially being eliminated with uh, Tucson's come-from-behind victory. Um, meaning next weekend's games are nothing. Um, we also have call-ups for Robbins and Kineshav. And then, of course, the Sharks getting blown out at home 6-1 to one, uh, to the Edmonton Oilers. Before we dive into all that, um, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you guys by HelloFresh. Skip today trips to the grocery store and count HelloFresh to make Home cooking, easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NHL60 and use code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. All right. Let us start. uh, We'll start with the transaction news and then we'll dive into uh, the game that was uh, not the funnest game to watch. But... Tristan Robbins uh, is set to make his NHL debut this week at uh, week. Uh, I assume he's going to be playing on Monday against Winnipeg. Good for Robbins. Um, You can see, you know, kind of as most rookies, as most players, you know, going through their first pro season of hockey, right? Comes out strong, really solid start in the middle, kind of hits that lull of like, Hey, I'm not used to playing this many games type of thing. You know, you're, especially in an increase in physicality going from juniors to the AHL. Um, but has really found his game over the last couple of weeks and is getting rewarded with his NHL debut um, this week. So I really like Robbins. I think Robbins is going to be a. Um, if I think he's going to be in the quality player. Uh, if I had to kind of, as, as I did with my franchise cornerstones episode last week, I think he's in the quality player type of situation, probably borderline above, NHL average quality player would be kind of right where I would, I would stick him. Um, But you had to, you know, excited for this guy who's looks like he's going to be a solid piece for the Sharks moving forward. it will be interesting to see what they do with the lines, especially with so many kind of young players in, do they kind of let some of these young kids just cook together? Um, Probably not knowing David Quinn, but you know, I mean, you're going to have guy you know, just kind of looking at who's probably not gonna play. So we know Jeffrey Viel is still hurt. Um Andreas Johnson's not coming back this year. Alexander is not coming back this year. Um, I wonder if we see like a Kotor Robbins Bordolo line. I would be really happy with that. Um, maybe we see a hurdle peterson robbins, like that we'll see what 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 Quinn wants to do, but I would I would like to see Robbins get a, a fair kind of top six spot let him play with some of these established guys like a hurdle and a couture and then kind of let him get a nice taste of the nhl um this season this will be good for you know again you kind of see what the nhl is like kind of gives you that nice little bump that nice little uh you know reward for such a long season and then as you go into the offseason you kind of know okay like this is the mindset. This is what I have to kind of work towards, um, to become an, an everyday NHL player. So, um, I still expect Robbins to be starting on the Barracuda next year. Uh, we know how much Mike Greer likes to kind of slow cook these, these, uh, prospects, but again, rewarding some of these guys for their hard work, um, making the NHL, you know, his family is going to be there. Um, cause I, I believe he's, he's from Winnipeg, like the Winnipeg area. So he's probably gonna have Friends and family, you know, getting to see and there's nothing better than seeing that rookie lap um, and seeing the family reaction. So, um, congratulations to Robbins. Uh, kanishov also getting called up. I assume this has to do with Vlasic. Um, they've already been kind of playing down forwards with uh, Jacob McDonald having to kind of slide up and play a forward role. Vlasic he left uh, Saturday's game. Real, I think it was first period, first or second period, left the game. Um, upper body injury look like he fell in the ice pretty hard so again i think this is kinesia will probably slide in i somewhere there we know exactly where we're getting with kinesia and i think he's again being rewarded for all the hard work that he has done and i think we're going to see the best of katijov uh coming in the next year or two, especially with him being just healthy guy right now so um i would assume vlasic is probably going to be out um Kinizov will slide in if they want to put. I would just put Kniezhov back with Eric Carlson and let those guys play together. They had great chemistry a couple of years ago. Uh, we know, I think that's that's a perfect complimentary player for Eric Carlson. Kniezhov is going to be a good stay-at-home defenseman, like uh, Carlson, kind of cook type of, of situation. So um, it's just good to kind of see these guys. I was interested to see how the Sharks would. We'll get into the Barracuda at the end of the episode, but how the Sharks would. Try to handle a potential must-win games for the Barracuda um, this weekend, and so especially with uh, the Sharks' season. So, remember they play Monday against Winnipeg, um, Wednesday against Calgary, Thursday against Edmonton, and then the Barracuda play on Friday and Saturday. If those games meant something, I was really interested to see how the Sharks would handle it if they would send all the guys down on Thursday type of situation and let them go play meaningful Barracuda games on Friday, but um, we shall see. So, well, I guess now it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Barracuda kind of end their season here, but we'll get into the Barracuda kind of nice moratorium of the Barracuda. Um, moratorium? Uh, well, uh, that, that's probably not the right word I'm looking for. But anyway, um, no, moratorium means we're not talking about it anymore. Uh, we will have a, we'll we'll talk about the end of the the Barracuda season kind of, what went wrong this year and what to kind of look forward to going into next year? So, uh, before we get into this terrible Oilers game um, and talk about the Barracuda some more, do want to take a quick break, uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Grand Slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars just go to fandle.com locked on to sign up place your first bet and get up to one thousand dollars back and bonus bets if you don't win they have some fun ones like aaron judge to pick up if he's just aaron Judge judging home runs that's always a really fun one to root for um, i prefer arson judge but that's just me uh, so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join a uh, today. Just go to Fandle.com slash locked on to sign up. Fandle, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. Um, Yeah, there wasn't much to take from, at least from the Sharks' perspective, right? Um, We know who Edmonton is. Edmonton, at this point, is a well-oiled machine who is ready to go on a deep, deep playoff run. Uh, Connor McDavid, very good at hockey. Um, 150 points for Connor McDavid. Um, Absolute insanity this season. Only the sixth player to do that. Um, I was thinking what was more – which one is – a bigger accomplishment. Connor McDavid's 150 points, or Eric Carlson as a defenseman getting 100 points, and I really couldn't decide. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, because I'm, what Connor McDavid is doing is special, and it's almost what we we almost kind of take it for granted, um, just because it's like, oh yeah, it's just Connor McDavid. Kind of, you know, Connor McDavid doing something we haven't seen since Mario Lemieux. Um, Mario Lemieux also very good at hockey, and 150 points. And it was just kind of like. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, we, we kind of expect that from Connor McDavid type of, of situation. So, um, and then you have Eric Carlson who's stuck at 98 points right now. I would be, I know he's got three games left to get two points. Um, I think he gets it done. I know. I mean, so they're playing Winnipeg who's fighting for the playoff life. So they're playing Calgary who I think is almost out of it. Where are they at? Um, it, it's, pretty close it's it's they're also they're they are technically fighting for their playoffs lives here um so you know there are points behind the jets so both the jets and calgary need these wins Uh, edmonton is two points behind vegas for the pacific so edmonton might not have anything to play for by friday anyway or by thursday anyway but um i still think though eric carlson he will get his two points to get to 100 so it's just an interesting, you know. I think Eric Carlson again. We're just Eric Carlson's doing something we haven't seen it from a defenseman in thirty plus years, um, especially since the way NHL scoring is now compared to what it was basically for the past thirty years. And scoring is going up, uh, which is good, more exciting, more fun hockey. Um, but it is tough. Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. I don't know what do you guys think I think it's, it's 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 tough for me to decide which one I like which accomplishment is more impressive um I think you also have to take into account that uh Eric Carlson doesn't have the same talent around him the Oilers have 300 point scores and you can also say Connor McDavid is a big reason why they have 300 point scores um you know Leon dry is pretty good as well too but like I, don't know, I I have maybe it's a homerism in me, but I'm I'm leaning slight Carlson um, just because we haven't seen it in a longer time. Right. And then to the talent around him. Um, it's not like the sharks or some world beaters that are going to, you know, go, or they're not even a playoff team. They're the fourth worst team in the NHL right now. So I think what he's doing on this bad team um, is more impressive. If that makes sense. Um, but I'd love to hear what you guys think, which one's more impressive, Carlson or make uh, David. So, yeah, Sharks played bad. Um, Edmonton kind of just did what they wanted in this game. Um, a million shots up front. Uh, yeah, so dig into the stats of this game. Just, uh, five on five, the Sharks had 55 to 51 shot attempts. So the Sharks actually did have generate more uh, potential offense actual shots uh was 23 to 32. Scoring chances for were 38 to 32 in favor of the sharks. High danger chances 15 to 19 in favor of the Oilers, 2.61 to 3.53 expected goals for at five on five. So um while the sharks did take more, uh, the Oilers were just like all their shots are just right in front of James Reimer, just it's it's dark dark blue if you're looking at natural hat stick uh, natural sat trick excuse me um they they just kind of did what they wanted offensively and I think a lot of it was just the the Sharks in the beginning of the third period really kind of made a push back with the shot attempts and stuff but then um at that point it was four to one type of situation and the Oilers were just kind of coasting waiting for this game to kind of finish and then they actually just kind of put the the hammer down and, and finish the game off with with two um two goals there so and I mean the backbreaker of this game was definitely the short-handed chance um, terrible decision by Carlson to try to kind of feather that pass in um but giving up a short-handed goal with Six seconds left in the first in the period. That was the backbreaker. If the Sharks had scored on that power play and made it three to two, then you can maybe start to kind of talk yourself into this game. Very interesting third period, um, but just terrible decision by Carlson. You're gonna have to live with those. You're for every one of those, you're gonna get you know five amazing plays. So it happens. Um, type of situation. The lines. Um, so we had Zetterlin, Sturm. Sveshnikov played together. Um, why is there not the fourth line? I guess they didn't play enough to really qualify. But uh, zetterland Sturm Sveshnikov played uh, together. Peterson, Hurdle, LeBanc, Gregor, Couture, uh, Borrello, and then we had McDonald, uh, Lawrence, and I'm blanking on the fourth person. Um, Lim, no, Limblom was out. Sorry. Um, Sveshnikov, zetterland Anyway, Raska, sorry, there we go, Adam Raska was the fourth person. I guess they did not – that's where they didn't play enough on on 5-on-5, I guess, to qualify. But um, it was a kind of normal, you know, they did okay. Uh, Zettel and Sturm, Sveshnikov, played the most at 5-on-5 with 9 – they had 12-18 time on ice, 9 shot attempts, 4 gave up 10. Actual shots was 5-7 to in favor of the Oilers, gave up a goal – uh produced 0.39 expected goals for while giving up 0.77. Um three high danger chances of four, five scoring chances of seven. Peterson, Hurdle, LeBanc, 11:48, 11 shot attempts four, gave up 12. Actual shots was four to eight. Had a goal, gave up a goal. Um 0.77 expected goals four, 0.84 expected goals allowed. And then Gregor Couture, uh Bortolo, 837, shot attempts 10 to 9. Actual shots was four to five in favor of the Oilers did give up a goal 0. 0.29 expected goals Four point six um, expected goals allowed two to three uh, high danger chances and five to five scoring chances. So, um, and then in goal Reimer got hung out to dry a lot. Um, again, it's dark, dark blue right in front of the crease. And, um, 35 shot attempts, uh, had 29 saves, gave up six goals, $18 if you're counting it at home. Um, expected goals against was 3.83. Uh, 15 high danger shots against nine high danger saves. A tough, tough day there. Like I said, he had a lot of work right in front of him. Eight mid danger, eight saves, 11 low danger, 11 saves there. Uh, what's probably going to be James Reimer's last uh, start in San Jose. So, um yeah, we we'll, I assume he'll probably get one of the Calgary or Edmonton games, and that'll be his, probably his last game in Teal. So um interesting to well, plenty of time to just discuss who will be replaced Rhymer. But um before we finish and get into the break, I do want to talk about Jacob Peterson, who I think might have been, you know, he's showing a little stuff that He's got uh a point in six straight games. Um, you can kind of see, you know, that goal that he set up for hurdle was him kind of you know, winning a a four check there. Um, Jason Demers, uh, congratulations on 700 games. Uh, But Demers, you know, kind of got a little pressure on him. And then Peterson made a nice play and found hurdle there. But I really like Peterson. I think he's going to be a a quality middle six guy for the Sharks going forward. And this might be one of those rare win-win trades where, you know, swapping two guys who didn't really fit in their their current systems or kind of have a the the management might have kind of lost confidence in their development but um i think i think peterson the sharks might have found something peterson um he's still you know he's definitely is an rfa um this season so they'll you know but the sharks have his rights i assume it won't be too too much um actually his will be interesting especially with what he did as a rookie but sharks are gonna have him for the next couple years um i would very much like to see him you know continuing to play with hurdle um that i think that's a really nice line there having a couture bear banoff bordolo Eklund, and then having a hurdle peterson LeBank, whoever you want like you can kind of see the makings of some exciting potentially exciting lines for the sharks going into next year um so we shall see with peterson but yeah i think i think a great find i think he this I don't want to say Bear Banoff 2.0, but would you be surprised if this time next year we're like, wow, Peterson really kind of found his, you know, whatever we're talking about a 40-point Peterson uh campaign next year that we kind of like how we saw from Barabanoff his his first full season. So and he's a lot younger, so than than when Barabanoff uh Sharks acquired Barrett Banoff. So um yeah, Peterson, interesting, interesting player for the Sharks going forward. So before we finish up with the Barracuda um, talk about kind of what went wrong this season, what to look forward to next season. And why I think this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg for the Barracuda do, do, want to let you guys know about the locked on game to game. Thank you guys for making locked on sharks your first listen. Now with your second listen, uh, go check out the locked on uh, NHL game to game every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. You guys are definitely want to get uh, plugged in, especially with the playoffs here. That way in case you can't watch every playoff game, you get a nice reaction to every playoff game from the host here. So Locked on game to game right now is going to be where it's at. So follow game to game on locked on NHL available on the uh, Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right. RIP to the San Jose Barracuda uh, with their loss on Saturday. And then uh, the Tucson Roadrunners coming back from four, nothing to get a point in that game officially puts the playoffs uh, out of reach for the Barracuda. So, Ah, uh, Tucson and San Jose—that was going to be a really, really fun series this weekend, where the uh, Barracuda would have had to win both games to get in, but uh, it is not meant to be. So, you know, this weekend we 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 kind of saw what we've seen from the Barracuda, right? Where it's you you see the blue line playing much better the back end of the season, but the there just wasn't enough consistent scoring on the front end, and especially with. Um, Eklund and Bordello both being gone right now. Um, I think it was just a little bit too much to ask these guys to kind of, you know, fight back in, in this, in this, uh, weekend series against the Eagles. So, um, but going forward, you do have to feel really, really confident that this, this is just going to be the tip of the iceberg for the Barracuda. And, you know, last year was one of the worst years in Barracuda, um, history this year, Definitely at his moments, just the lack of consistency. And that's what's going to happen sometimes, especially when you have young players, right? How many guys on the Barracuda was this their first season of, their first full season of professional hockey, right? You know, Eklund, first season in North America, first full season in North America, right? Brandon Coe, first full season. Ozzie, first season out of juniors. Gushin, first season out of juniors. Um, Robbins, Bordalo, like a lot of these guys, this was the first, full, full season for them. Um So you got to f- feel like that second season now that they've, they've gone through it. They've been through the battles. Um They know what to expect now in a full season going into next year. I assume Robbins, um, Ozzy, maybe Bordola We'll see. I still think Bordolo makes the team out of next year, but definitely had a much, a, a very slow end to this season, both in the Barracuda and uh, in the NHL, but you know you're gonna have a lot of these guys who are gonna be going into year two of their professional, and I think they're gonna be better pre- pre- better prepared for what to expect for an entire season. We've talked about before how this blue line has been remade. You know, Shakir Mukmadulov really found his groove down at the end of the stretch. I think a full off season for him, knowing he's gonna be playing professional hockey in America, um, learning the actual system, getting to know his teammates. Expect you know, expect him to have a great, I think he's gonna have a great season next year. Um Nick Chichek, you know exactly what you're getting with from out of him. You know, you're gonna have Art uh Kanazev, um uh, Ohotuk. I just gotta work on his name So, Um coming back from an injury. I hope the sharks resign Derek Puglia. Like you're gonna have a lot of guys coming back and expect this team to be just more consistent. I think that's the big thing. Is this team is more consistent, they're gonna do a lot better um they'll see what they they do with aaron know aaron Dell got basically every start to, down the stretch here but um 2 makinemi comes back healthy you're gonna have man uh man in the picture right you're gonna also have um um magnus Krona in the picture as well I think the goaltending's got some promise you can see where this team is starting ahead and hopefully, especially at the end of the season here, you get a little bit luckier with the the injuries and you're not having to kind of pull as many guys um, up, up top that the sharks have kind of had to do and kind of scrape through the bottom of the, you know, kind of scrape through the barracudas right now. So I think there's a lot, a lot to be excited about for the barracuda going forward. Um, You know, Daniel Gushin, Ozzie, Robbins co and then even guys like a Martin cowt. If you want to start him in the Barracuda next year, you're going to have Andrew Agazzino coming back. Um, if you want to re-sign a guy like Cal Griscolo who really made an impact for the Barracuda going, you know, down the stretch here, there's a lot to be excited for the Barracuda. And I, I know it's disappointing that they didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, but again, you can you can see the pieces coming together you you could you saw the improvement for guys like border and you saw improvements from eklund you saw tristan robbins you saw ozzy ozzy couldn't even get on the ice at the beginning of the year had a hat trick last weekend like you see these guys coming together daniel gushin um really rounding out his game i think a lot of fans are really excited about Gushin. myself and ex- as well and you know and i think even coach john mccarthy um you know learning from those mistakes of being a first time head coach and that stuff's hopefully going to help iron itself out If the the big thing for the barracuda is one be more consistent and two working on the penalties like just just too many penalties that they really shot themselves in the foot there and uh especially ill time penalties where maybe they're starting to get momentum um or you need a goal and then you take a penalty and it's it's the worst time for it so um you have to feel really excited about the direction of this Barracuda team and um i you i know there's a long offseason ahead of a lot of roster moves but i don't see why this team should not be a playoff caliber team not scraping for a playoff but firmly entrenched as a you know middle of the Pacific Division playoff team next year especially with a lot of these young guys who are going to be huge contributors for them in their second uh, pro season so um I know a little frustrating. They make the playoffs. Would have loved to have seen some playoff uh, experience for some of these guys, but um, you know, nice offseason here. They know now, again, like we talked about with Robbins and some of these other guys, knowing exactly what you need to do to get ready for a full professional season next year, that year two, I think we're going to see a big jump from a lot of these guys. So that's going to do it today. Um, We'll be back tomorrow. Going to recap the Winnipeg Jets game. Um, Then on third on Wednesday, have another draft profile. And then remember, no episodes Thursday or Friday. Uh, I will be on vacation, but we'll be back the following week to have uh, start digging into the offseason, guys. We've made it to the offseason, the fun time of year to discuss all the weird and craziness. So uh, we'll be back on Monday with the biggest questions that face the San Jose Sharks uh, organization heading into the offseason. So um yeah plenty of fun stuff make sure you guys are following along uh you can follow me on twitter at my fryhole. follow the show on twitter facebook instagram at locked on sharks um you can also make sure you guys are following wherever you get podcasts and of course on youtube as well and until tomorrow bye friends